This is Denna Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling, where we explore the lives of people who are called to various types of ministries in their churches and in their communities. Today, we're here with Lyndon Hacker. Lyndon is a student at Tennessee Tech University and a youth director. Introducing you to local church and community leaders, The Calling. Welcome, Lyndon. Thank you for having me. Lyndon, we would like to know a little bit about your childhood and about how you grew up. Before the show, we were talking and Lyndon shared with me that he had been uh, initially growing up in an Amish community. Can you tell us a little bit about what that experience was like for you? Yeah, so it was a very different experience from what people would normally think. I myself only spent two years in the actual Amish community, but after that, we went to the place where we live in now to start our own community. Uh, we, your family, your parents, and okay, yeah, that's exactly correct. Um, we, my dad, actually got people around us that wanted to join the community and experience that lifestyle for themselves. Uh, and some people were even living on our land that we had there at the time. Uh, the the only problem was that um, my dad, like other people, learned a lesson that uh, learned more about himself that he didn't he didn't perform well with other people. Okay. <laughs> so he didn't really want to participate in this community anymore, and we thought to ourselves. Um, that the Amish life wasn't really for us. Okay. So we thought we could just do all the self-sufficient stuff without actually running a community. Right. And we kind of strayed from the non-technological views first by getting a car. Okay. Um, which was very needed because before that, my dad would hitchhike like... <sighs> Two hours away to cities like wow. uh, to cities like Lebanon and Gallatin, and sometimes even Nashville. Wow. And hitchhiking is not an easy task, especially in a small town. Right. So the Amish community that we were originally a part that we were originally part of um, found this out, and they kept coming to us saying that we could sell our car and get back into the Amish community. But we didn't really want to do that because, again, we were kind of done with the whole ideals of them. So we kept living the life we were and eventually got excommunicated from that. Okay. Um, But that all transpired in a couple of years. And uh, I just kind of grew up not really in an Amish lifestyle, in an Amish setting, but more just in a non-technological Setting. I think the first technological device we had in our house, um, besides lights, was a VCR. Oh, wow. And I would watch things like uh, The Lone Ranger and cool. Looney Tunes and all the classics. All the good stuff. All the good stuff, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and then um, that was pretty much the end of our Amish story. We just okay. kept and doing... And how old were you by that time? Uh, that I got, that we kind of got more into technology. Right. I would say, um, my memory's rough because I wasn't exactly marking the days. You were little. <laughs> but around, I would say, six to eight years old, okay. somewhere in that span. Right. 
and it was an experience for sure. Do you remember when you first had technology, what that was like? For example, maybe when a friend had a Game Boy. Yeah, so uh, I had friends around us that actually did have technology. Um, I just didn't spend very much time with those friends. I more did a lot of my stuff on my own. Like I would go down into the woods. I would explore. Okay. I would climb trees. Oh, that's great. So when technology came along, I still kind of did that stuff. It was just like that was some additions and luxuries that maybe would not necessarily be needed for me. So do you have a cell phone now? I do, I do. (laughs) um, What's on your playlist? On my playlist is full of everything. Do tell. Uh, I grew up, my dad listened to old country like Johnny Cash, Bob Dylan, Fleetwood Mac. And my mom listened to classical rock basically from the 70s on. Okay. <laughs> so those, but I listen to new music. My playlist is like, a, I think, two days long full oh, of wow. songs. Wow. <laughs> so I just hit shuffle and I just let whatever play. That's play. a lot of iTunes money, man. No, I have, <laughs> I have Google Play Music. Gotcha. So. <laughs> Hope they're sponsoring me for this. <laughs> yes. So tell us a little bit about your family. Do you have siblings? I do. I have eight siblings. Who's your favorite? No, just kidding. Oh, I was about to answer. That. <laughs> you might have to edit that portion out. Yeah. So you, get, you know, Christmas presents. Oh yeah. That Where do you fall in line of those eight? I'm the very last one. The yep. baby. Yep, the baby. Okay. Are you spoiled? No, not at all. No, of course not. I was more the one that got um, shot with frozen paintballs, um, wrestled yes. a lot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was. So you learned some life lessons. Oh, many up. life lessons. Yeah. <laughs> so, what advice would you give to a young boy with many siblings? I would say, um, as much as it. As hard as it is not to follow the mindset of your other siblings, to stay true to yourself and your own thinking and your own nature, because eight people was a lot from a lot to live up to and be like them. But I was different minded, more science minded, I think, and I chose to follow that instead. Okay. Do you, or do you have brothers and sisters? I have two sisters. Okay. The and rest, the rest of are brothers. Why don't you give a shout out to your family? Say hi to them. All of them? Sure. Oh, do we have time for that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, shout out to Nicole, Denny, Travis, Shane, Jeremiah, Josiah, Rachel, and Elias. That was really just to test friends to see if he could remember his siblings. Yeah. Was, so don't ask me right. birthdays. <laughs> You're listening to The Calling. We're here with Lyndon Hackert. We'll be back in a moment. We're back with The Calling. Today, our guest is Lyndon Hackert. Lyndon is a Tennessee Tech student and youth minister. Lyndon, what do you study at Tennessee Tech? I study biochemistry, and it sounds hard because it probably is for most people. Um, they say it's the hardest thing to take at the university, but I see it from a different perspective. It's 
not that hard for me, probably because I enjoy doing it. Okay. It's, as one would say, like, a game is hard, but if you enjoy playing that game enough, it's just natural to you. What drew you to biochemistry? Well, I've always been fascinated with chemistry and science in general, actually. Um, and I've known that I wanted to go into a chemistry background since I was in middle school. And biochemistry was more for me just because of the kind of jobs I can get with it. Okay. And the fact that I can help people within that area of study. What would you like to do eventually with that degree? I hope to eventually work at um, a company in Massachusetts, but they have uh, they have headquarters around the world that make vaccines and biomechanical equipment for disabled people oh, wow. in other countries, in developing countries. Well, that really is more than a curriculum or a field of study. That is a calling. That is a calling in itself, yes. Uh, so how would you verbalize that? Is that a calling to help others? Or to, to heal the sick? What? How do you identify with that? There's no um, personal nature by it. Uh, I just know that chemistry is what I love, and that's one way that I think I could help other people in my field of study, mm-hmm. whether being led to it by my field of study or just by a calling in itself. That's what I hope to do one day. And it may not work out. Um, plans may change, but, uh, I have faith that I'll get somewhere where I'll be happy in life. I'm sure it will work out better living and, um, better life through chemistry. Yeah. I hope. (laughs) So you have a multifaceted life at this point. You're a college student, biochemistry major, and also a youth minister. You've had a lot of experience actually with youth ministry. What has drawn you to working with youth and particularly teenagers well me personally i had um some problems growing up some social issues that i've learned to um i've learned to get over that obstacle in my life and i know how hard it is for people to get over that obstacle in life so my uh, my calling for youth is not just for helping them develop social skills, but maybe helping them develop a purpose and a place to fit in and maybe get offering them some advice about childhood that I can give to them. It seems like our youth today have so many more complicated issues to deal with than, than I did, you know, 30 years ago. What do you find is the predominant issue for our teenagers at this point in life? I think, in my personal opinion, everyone has lots of different situations and lots of different problems going on. I think it doesn't stop at teenage years. I think it goes into adulthood as well. But it's particularly stressful for teenagers because they have school and finding a job and finding a place that they belong in the world piled on top of the regular issues and everyday issues that they face within society today. So for all the adults listening, uh, those who term ourselves as adults anyway, how would you recommend to us that we most respond to that? How do we help? I think it's important to keep an open mind. The, no matter no matter what um, mindset you have and no matter 
um, if they're your kids or just a teenager that's having problems in general, they think differently and they don't have the experience. And it's good to get them to see things from a perspective, from your perspective, but you can't force that on them. Teenagers are rebellious no matter what they say. And it's all about not aggression and forcing them to see it your way, but finding a creative way and maybe stepping in their shoes for a little bit to help them see the problem from afar. Do you think our teenagers are feeling heard? I don't think they are. Um, I think that they're feeling alone, more alone, um, especially with social media today. And I feel like it's our responsibility to bring ourselves to their level and help them develop some insight and some connectedness with the community around them. I get excited when I hear teenagers and young people who are becoming activists about the causes that they care about. Recently read about a young man in Colorado, a 12-year-old who is making a change for climate change. He was advocating that kids uh, skip school last Friday uh, to uh, talk about climate change and sort of force that issue into the conversation. If you had to organize a sit-out for an issue for kids where they did not go to school so that the issue would be heard. What would you organize a sit-out for? If I have a lot of <laughs> issues with the world today, but I think most is, um, I think, loneliness. I think loneliness is affecting more and more kids um, because there's just not many one-on-one -on -one conversations Kids don't just go out and do stuff anymore. They have to find people to do it with. They have to... I would I would organize um, maybe something for leadership and incorporate more connectivity with that because a vital part of leadership and a vital part of um, having a community is being able to make those connections and make the... Be, be a part of the community, and then you automatically have access to the community's resources. I think one big thing that I was just telling my youth group about in the last class was uh, Martin Luther King's speech. I think uh, it, was a good, it was a good way to connect it because in his speech, why he, his speech was so powerful was because he made quotes and everyone he quoted will automatically put those people on his side. He quoted the Bible. He quoted Abraham Lincoln. And those two alone are enough to build an unstoppable team. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so I think resources are important in our life. And I think we can't get those resources unless we make connections with the community. Beautiful. You're listening to The Calling. Our guest today is Lyndon Hackert. We'll be back in a moment. And Lyndon will share a motivational story. You're listening to The Calling. We're back today with Lyndon Hackert, and Lyndon would like to share a short devotional. Me, personally, I think about a lot of the things, a lot of advice I would give a lot of people in a lot of different situations. But 
One that I tend to use more commonly because a lot of people don't really see it is I would use um, perspective. I think we get too caught up in what we think and rationalizing our own thoughts that we often um, ignore other people's point of view and other people's reasons. Um, I had, for the longest time growing up, I had a quote hanging above my wall with my name on it. It was Romans 12.10, and it said, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. I think that's super important. I think that we need to step onto people's level. I think we all have a soapbox that we stand on, and I think it's important to step down and kind of be on the same level as people and reason with them in a way that they can understand. It's important to know that, yes, we may have more experience in an area with someone, but they don't know that as well as we do, and they don't think like we do. Everyone's an individual, and it's going to take a lot of time. And some people get frustrated. A lot of people get frustrated when trying to um, get other people to see what they see. But I think it's just important to stick with it and have a passion about you to teach what you know to the world around you. I, I, another story that I have is when I, was, uh, <clears throat> when I was learning to drive, I first went to driving school so I could get a discount on my insurance and I wouldn't have to go through the DMV. <laughs> but my, the first time I got in and did a driver's test, um, I'll never forget this uh, smaller African-American man sat next to me. Kind of reminded me of Kevin Hart. Cool. <laughs> and the first thing we did was go to Panera to get him coffee. <laughs> and then the second thing we did, he did was he turned on the radio and he turned on a political channel. And uh, it was talking about the Black Lives Matter campaign. And I thought I was in trouble. <laughs> but um, he started talking about how he disagreed with it. And we just spiraled onto so many points. And we were just expressing our own point of views, agreeing, disagreeing, and talking and getting to know each other really well. And we only had about an hour. But I think I learned more about him in that hour than I have most people just because we were respectful of each other's point of views, and we had a lot of good laughs. He didn't even focus on my driving, but luckily <laughs> I was driving really well, so he <laughs> he didn't need to worry about that. And I just love that there are people out there that are willing to express themselves and are able to take in other people and listen, because sometimes all you can really do is listen and respect what's coming out of the other person. And that's my point of view on that topic. I love it. Listen and respect. Yeah. Two pretty simple life lessons. Yeah. Very. Life lessons with Lyndon. <laughs> <laughs> this is the actual talk show. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Calling. Our guest today is Lyndon Hackard, and we appreciate that motivational moment. We will be back in a few minutes with the top five questions. Stay tuned.
This is The Calling. We're back with Lyndon Hackert. And, Lyndon, it's time for the top five questions. So this is like a, a rapid fire, a rapid round, and you get to pass one time. You get a free pass, okay? So okay. feel free to, to use your free pass. This is my favorite part of the show, by the way. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. If you were arrested for a crime, what would your friends say the crime that you committed was? I would say that they never really know because <laughs> I'm a very spontaneous person. And if I think that it will not cause harm to me or others, and I think it's necessary, I will usually do it if I don't think it disobeys any laws. <laughs> so if it doesn't cause harm to you or others, but it just maybe so happens to be a class C misdemeanor. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you would, for example, fork somebody's yard or roll it with tissue paper. Maybe not. More like uh, climb onto a balcony to take a picture and accidentally oh. get in trouble because I didn't know I wasn't supposed to climb out onto that balcony. <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetically. It's just sharing that for a friend. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you could have a lunch date with anybody, dead mm-hmm. or alive, who would you take to lunch? I would probably take dead or alive. Dead or alive. Anybody. Now, this might sound weird, but I would probably take um, a man. Uh, I would probably take the lead singer of the Beach Boys out to lunch just because not only were things way different back then, but they were also my favorite band growing up. Yes. And I would love to have lunch with him. What would you ask him? I would have so many questions. I don't think we have time for that. (laughs) Wow. I did not anticipate that answer. That's really cool. Okay. Lyndon. If there were a gag reel of your life, what would be on it? Um, a lot of things. <laughs> I have a lot of good laughs. I think um, most would be with my friends, just because I have a lot of crazy thoughts that I don't say in public. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily bad thoughts, but just crazy ones, sure. out there ones, and I usually say them um, around my friends just for them to have a laugh and maybe have a deep conversation about it or two. But I think that my friends would be in a lot of gag reels. (laughs) And that would be really fun. That would be super fun. (laughs) Would you have to get like disclaimers or disclosures written for your friends? Um, probably not. They would be cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a real friend. Yeah, that yeah. that is a real friend. Okay, if there were a movie of your life, who would you like to play the role of Lyndon Hackert? Ooh, that would be a really tough one. But I think the most accurate for me would probably be Ryan Reynolds. Nice. <laughs> just just yes. because he's so blunt and he thinks kind of the same way that I do about things and I know he would portray me in a perfect way <laughs> okay Ryan if you're listening Lyndon would like for you I to have a here. great movie idea <laughs> <laughs> okay last question if you could fly or be invisible which would you do I would probably fly just because I want to see so much of the world and I feel like 
plane tickets are very expensive, especially across seas. So if I could just fly there, no problem. There you go. Problem solved. I wouldn't need any more plane tickets or boat <laughs> tickets. I mean, that would be perfect. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> You're listening to The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby, and our guest today has been Lyndon Hackert. Lyndon, thank you for sharing your story on The Calling.